0: This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg inspired podcast on the planet, we'll recap UFC on ESPN, Cannoneer vs. Gaslam, hit you with our segments, isn't he awesome in real world callouts? And last but not least, we'll preview UFC on ESPN, Barboza vs. Chicke Here it's we set. go.
1: It's in. It's in. It's all over. Just played.
2: All right, here we go. Welcome to another episode of Just Like That. We have a full episode with a preview and a recap and our segments, but before we get to any of that, we'll start things off as we always do with our take of the week. So Ryan, as always, take us away.
0: All right, this week we got... I- I'm tired of hearing about Kayla Harrison. Once she beats somebody that uh, that is actually, um, I don't know, half of anybody that's fighting in the ufc 145 division and that's not saying much because the 145 division is weak as hell but the pfl 155 division is even that much weaker and yeah she's beating up these girls impressive whatever but they're absolutely nowhere near her level or anyone's level they wouldn't cut in any other organization they're 155ers there's not that many of them and uh, i just think this whole hype train on the kayla harrison stuff is just too much too soon like they're talking about, she's the only one to rival Nunez. Like they, a lot of people think she could beat her and stuff like that. I'm telling you this right now, Nunez could fight her at 155, and she'd absolutely destroy her. Like I, I know they're training partners. I'm sure Nunez just works her in the gym. I get it, she can wrestle, but I mean it's MMA. We got got to do the stand up and stuff. Uh, we don't know about Kayla Harrison on on the feet, especially against someone like Nunez. So I'm just I'm tired of hearing about it for now.
2: I'm with you on that. I was kind of workshop and something like that last week after we watched, we watched PFL. Well, not together, but right before, literally moments before we started uh, recording, and uh, yeah, I was kind of trying to go through something in my head there, something along those lines to where it's like, and then well, it went on this whole week. I'm assuming you probably saw DC saying that, which DC is just a goon on ESPN, but I'm assuming you saw DC saying something. I think today about. He doesn't know if anybody in the world can beat her, and it's like She hasn't fought anybody yet. She definitely I mean, we don't even know if she has stand up because she just shoots right away. She does she you hardly see her throw a punch unless she's on top of a girl. And she hasn't fought anybody that anybody's ever heard of. So if nothing else, they're just rushing it. Why it's even it's even like why would she even leave the PFL? It's a free, easy million dollars. She's fighting nobody's. Um, she's basically the face of the league, so yeah, I don't know. It's like a weird situation. Plus, she's Nunez's training partner, so there's not really an incentive to fight her. Um, I'd just like to see her fight somebody somewhat reputable. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean, you said that uh, that um, we don't know if she can you know, strike because she just shoots for the takedown right away. But, I mean, I think that tells us everything we didn't know. Um, she can't strike because if she could, she wouldn't be immediately shooting for the takedown. Um, I mean, she'd at least use some striking to set up the takedowns. But, nope, she goes straight to the takedown. She's not comfortable being on the feet. She's not a striker. She's got a lot of work to do there before she, you know, can be considered anywhere near Amanda Nunes or anybody else. I mean, she's basically like Ronda Rousey, you know, the second coming of Ronda Rousey as far I think as, like, you're right every, everyone's saying she's, you know, can beat any male. Like, she can beat males. She can beat any female. Like, no, she's not. And she's judo. You know, she's a bigger Ronda Rousey. It's and it's you know she's gonna get exposed the same way Ronda Rousey was um, as soon as she takes a step up in competition. But also you said, why would she leave the PFL? It's a three million dollar check a year. They're basically just handing it to her at the beginning of the season. But I think the PFL is kind of tough to sustain long term throughout your career. You got to fight what three or four times in basically like eight months or something, yeah, which is something insane. Like that. So. I don't. I don't know how many years you could do that back to back, fighting four times in eight months, and you know, do it again year after year. You know.
2: Yeah, I think you're right there. Uh, one thing you, hit, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Uh, she's like the PFL Ronda Rousey. I think that's a perfect comparison, where she has one unstoppable move and um, same background, same discipline, same type of opponents, and uh, until she gets a legitimate well-rounded fighter in there we're it's this is all we're gonna see out of her
0: yeah definitely
2: all right then yeah i like that that's kind of i was kind of trying to come up with something like that last week on the fly but not not quick enough not to take away from her either like she's clearly insanely strong um i heard somebody i heard her say that she doesn't like when people call her like brock lesnar's daughter but after she said that i couldn't stop thinking about it so but anyhow (laughs) (laughs) anyhow Move on to my take of the week here. My take of the week is directly correlated to this week's fight card and it is simply the UFC has too many fighters on their roster because I don't know who half these people are. Where is this like a like a contender series dump card or uh no, ultimate fighter a, dump
0: card? Uh, yeah, that's what it is. It's um it's the Ultimate Fighter card. So these are like the the finals matchups in the Ultimate Fighter. They're like kind of high up these um, let me see here. It is let's see. Like these fights that are on the near the top of the like the co-main and the uh and the third fight down are all uh, ultimate fighters finale fights. So that Brian battle versus Gilbert Urbina is an ultimate fighter fight, I think and the Ricky Turkios versus Brady uh high stand is as well.
2: Have you watched any of this ultimate fighter
0: season? No, and I so I have actually no clue who any of these guys uh, guys are.
2: So let's just double down on my take real quick. Did the Ultimate Fighter flop, or did it? What have you heard? Have you heard anything about it? Are people watching it? You'd think in the social media age, it would have a better chance than, than before. But um, I don't really think Volkanovski and Ortega are really that um, interesting to watch or listen to. So I literally haven't watched a single episode. I don't know if anything would get me to watch an episode unless maybe it was like Mike Perry or somebody.
0: Yeah, I mean. I think it's probably a flop. I mean, I don't know. It's ESPN+. Plus. How many people are even going on there and actually watching stuff besides live sports? I don't think many are. Um, or just like recaps of fights. So I'll check out it from time to time. But yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of a flop. Um, it's just, it's boring for the most part, especially like anybody that's legit goes through Tuesday night contenders. So you're kind of left with scraps in this house that they try to make into a reality show when it's, it's not really. It's not, you know, nowhere near it. It doesn't, it. it doesn't have the appeal as far as fights are concerned that Tuesday night contenders are because Tuesday night contenders have legit fights, like them being yeah. in the house and everything. It just kind of messes up the vibe, I feel like, with the, when it the actually comes fight night for them. Um, and it also just doesn't have uh, the appeal of a reality TV show. There's just not the, not the drama, you know. We're just lacking on both fronts, and it's making a subpar product, I think.
2: Did you ever convince yourself that you were gonna watch this season, or that you were gonna check it out? Not a chance, no. <laughs> okay, yeah, me neither. But I've only I only watched a couple seasons. Um, I think
0: I might have passed it on ESPN Plus once when I was looking through there, and I maybe for a split second thought about <laughs> turning it on, but that's about as much, as close as I got.
2: You paused and went, "Not today," and then you kept scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right then. So that makes more. That clears up my take. So this is a this is a uh, tough finale card that's why i didn't know who anybody was um all right that makes my take a little less hot a little less of a steamer and a little more of a i just didn't do my research but either way we can move it's not, on I mean, to what's it's up? not great it's not great regardless though <laughs> back to back let's be honest like you said this has been a kind of a tough run and i checked i thought maybe we were leading up to a big pay-per-view our next pay-per-view is not till september 25th is that am i right on that
0: I think so. Yeah, I think Ortega a kind Volkanovski. Of a, a big
2: gap in the, these
0: ones. We've been getting them like pretty much every month, but it seems well, like well, we get this them on
2: back to back weeks. I think.
0: Oh yeah, recently.
2: Yeah. Well, we got we got Ortega Volkanovski, and then the next week we have another pay per view. I'm pretty sure. So it's like September 25th, and then it's like uh, October whatever first or whatever something crazy like that. So.
0: October 2nd, it looks like, is Santos versus Johnny Walker. Tiago Santos versus Johnny Walker. Oh. So it's probably a. a just Maybe a it's one a week, week after gap.
2: that. I don't know. They're all close together, though. But yeah, it's been kind of a crazy. Uh, we're going through a little bit of a rough patch here with our uh, our card depth. But that's not to say this card last week didn't have some insane knockouts and some good, some good fights. So um, we'll segue into that then with uh, our card last week. Uh, we'll go over our. Uh, um, main event, Jared Cannoneer versus Kelvin Gaslam. Uh, your guy, Gaslam. Um, Jared Cannoneer Cannonier ended up getting the five-round decision. Pretty good fight. I thought this is the best Kelvin's looked in a long time, and if he didn't get caught a couple times, I don't know that. I thought it was a pretty clear win for uh, Cannoneer, three, three rounds to two. I saw more people than I expected. who thought Kelvin won. I don't know. What were your thoughts on the fight, and did you think, this was seemed promising to me for Gaslam, more so than anything.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a good fight for him. Um, I mean just those two flash knockdowns killed him on the scorecards. If if it was if he didn't get knocked down those two times, I mean it was he got back up so quick, he was barely barely knocked down. Um, but it, it's enough to kinda of sway the judges. As far as like the scoring is worded, it's like whoever had the most, you know, pot- potential to end the fight, which you know that really sides towards Canoneer in those two rounds. I think without getting dropped, you know those two times. I think you might be seeing Gaslam win this fight, but because uh, they were they were close rounds. Besides mm-hmm. Gaslam getting uh, knocked down, so you know I think that was just the uh, the one that you know the knockdown just kind of pushed it over the edge towards Canoneer, and um, yeah, and then he got the uh, forty eight forty seven.
2: Yeah, but other than that, good fight. And I thought, uh, like I said, I th- I thought that this is the best fight that we've seen out of Gaslam since the Adesanya fight.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he looked like he's kind of back into form. I mean, he said as much. He said he has been training quite a bit lately, and he feels you know back. And usually, a fighter saying that it doesn't go their way afterwards. But yeah, he looked like he was uh, he was right there. Um, and yeah, he could have got the win. And just real close, but just came up short.
2: Moved his camp back to Arizona, so I guess maybe that's a maybe that's a secret secret uh, secret to the success. Um, yeah. Clay Guida, Marco Madsen.
0: What's Jeez. that? Uh, nothing. I was just gonna say, you know, Cannoneer's just been in a- AZ longer, so that's why. Uh, yeah. That's why he got the win, I think.
2: Yeah, it's something about that uh the desert air, the dry heat got him. Yeah. Uh, Illinois product Clay Guida versus uh, Marco Madsen here for our co-main event. Uh, I think you said last week you thought it'd be a 20, 28, 29. Um, for Marco decision Marco Madsen, and I believe that's exactly what it was. Except instead of being two ra- first two rounds to Madsen, it was round one Madsen, round two Guida, and round three Madsen. Um, Clay Guida didn't he didn't he was the underdog here. I think we both took a flyer on him. He did not uh he didn't run out of cardio, he just stopped throwing combos. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's because he was getting caught by that jab a lot or what it was, but I thought he was starting to take over the fight in the second round and then it seemed like in the third round, took his foot off the gas and kinda gave the fight away, but Either way, Marco Madsen still undefeated. Kind of think it's weird they're calling him a prospect. He's like 36 or 37 years old. Only has 10 pro fights. I don't really know. Time's kind of ticking for him. But either way, got the win against uh, Clay Guida, which is always tough. Um, what did you think of that fight?
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought Clay Guida did enough to get the get the decision victory here. I mean, it was, a, was it was a close it was a close fight. Um, one judge it was a split decision. One judge scored it for uh, for Guida. That's true. Um, one judge scored at 30-27 for Matson, which I thought was a little crazy, and uh, one judge scored at 29-28 for Matson. But um, I mean, honestly, I thought you know, round one, everybody said that was clear Matson around. I don't, I don't think so. I thought you know, Matson did land more volume, true, but Guida landed the uh, you know the better strikes. He actually he dropped clipped, into a knee. yeah, he dropped him, and I think he would have been completely dropped if he kind of fell into Clay Guida's knee. And I think he kind of held him up. I think he would have been completely dropped if Guido wasn't there to kind of break his fall. And, uh, you know, I think it visually it might have looked better for the judges and they might have gave him that round. But And then in round two, I thought he could have gave to Guido as well. Um, I thought in round two, um, he Guido landed the more damaging shots once again. I think the volume was closer, the strike total in that one, than round one. And Guida clipped him pretty good. It almost dropped him, didn't. It kind of buckled his knees, though. Some That's really good knees. combos
2: is what he, he had.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I thought, you know, Guida was landing the more damaging shots. They had the uh, better potential to end the fight in rounds one and two. So um, I think I think I would have gave it to Guida. Um, but, you know, what are you going to do as a close fight?
2: Yeah, and I don't think... Uh optically gweed is probably not going to get too many close fights like that cuz he's just kind of got that caveman style that's not always visually appealing but yeah he did he did drop him to a knee in that first round he it seemed like he was always getting the, landing the better the more damaging combinations but i guess octagon control and all those secondary things maybe played into a effect when they're really not supposed to as long as you could have as long as there's an edge on the damage so
0: yeah, they're not supposed to, but visually the judges still lean towards the person putting the forward pressure on. Marco Madsen was the one moving forward, and you know Guido was kind of uh, on the retreat most of the fight.
2: Yeah, either way, pretty good fight. Classic Clay Guido, uh, classic Clay Guida performance. The guy's like 40, but he's still uh, pretty much got an endless gas tank, and uh, another win from Mark Madsen. Maybe we'll see him in another three years. Who knows? Um, Parker Porter, Chase Sherman here. This was. Uh, Was this our, I don't know, this was somewhere on the main card. Somewhere up there, way up on the main card. But, uh, yeah, so I actually took a flyer on Parker Porter. Um, I just feel like Chase Sherman fades, and he's just a guy that will find a way to lose a fight. And uh, I I liked Parker Porter's uh, performance in his last fight, and I took a flyer, and he looked good, man. He, talk about a guy with cardio, you wouldn't think looking at him, but he did not slow down that whole fight, and uh, he put it on Chase Sherman.
0: No, yeah, he for a big guy, he has surprising cardio. He can keep it moving. Um, yeah, I, I took a flyer on him too in the league. I needed to make up some ground, so you yep. know, picked uh, picked Parker Porter there, and he uh, he got me the win, and it, it was kind of close to how I expected. You know, Chase Sherman, uh, you know, people thought he was going to be landing all this volume and stuff, but his gas tank isn't great. He kind of slows down. He does, you know, have the ability to land the volume, but once he starts getting hit um by parker porter he kind of shuts down and uh it was you know somewhat close but i think a clear clear win for parker porter
2: yeah and i was happy to see a good win for uh, porky porter and somebody pointed out to me that chase sherman also has a massive head a huge target
0: yeah he right?
2: may have the biggest head in the ufc i don't even know who's close to him
0: yeah he leaves his chin up and stuff too so <laughs> yeah he Easy was
2: it was like punching a beach ball but Good for Parker Porter. Made up some uh, some height and some rank, length difference, but uh, got himself a good win. Uh, Vince Pichelle, Austin Hubbard. This was a, uh, I don't know, this was a fairly close fight. Vince Pichelle ended up getting the decision here. Austin Hubbard, I think, has lost two in a row now. Uh, Vince is another guy. It's like one of those guys where you just don't see him very often fighting. He, and I don't know if he would be a contender. I don't know if he fights part-time, whatever it is. He's... Clearly a super strong guy, but he's getting older. Um, he's got a solid record in the UFC. I just He just doesn't fight very often, but he ended up getting the win this week.
0: Yeah, he did. He looked good. Um, it's kind of like I thought he just was a little bit better than Austin Hubbard and uh, got the three-round decision. And, yeah, he just uh, – he's a guy who doesn't fight much when he does. You know, he shows up, but he just hasn't been able to move forward in the division very well because, you know, he just doesn't fight enough, so – Hopefully he gets back in there a little bit sooner this time and uh, maybe can start making a little bit of a run.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, Alexander Pantoja versus Brandon Royvelle, we kind of had this one pegged as a possible fight of the night. Uh, knew it would be some kind of chaos because that's just what the uh, raw dog Royval does. He turns every fight into chaos. I would say this fight, he was also a chaotic fight. Um, I thought he was starting to get to Pantoja. I thought he was starting to wear him down a little bit. Personally, it seemed like maybe he was his uh, pressure and his nonstop, uh, you know, grappling exchanges uh, and everything was starting to kind of slow Pantoja down. But he Pantoja ended up catching him in that rear naked choke, probably a pretty devastating loss for Roy Vell, who probably felt like he was one win away from a title shot. But a uh, good win for Pantoja. Looks like maybe now he could be next for uh, Brandon Moreno, who I believe he they said he's beat him twice already.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think for Roy Vell there. Um, it's kind of a you know a blessing and a curse of style just the chaos that he brings it opens some opens up some opportunities that he wouldn't have but it also you know puts him in some bad spots that he wouldn't be in otherwise so I think really he's just got to kind of you know keep the chaos but kind of harness it in a little bit you know do a little bit of both um but uh yeah I mean he got caught uh in that submission at Pantoja um choked him out and got the W Pantoja I you know I just think he's a solid fighter he's not going to make mistakes and when you know, against a guy like Roy Vell who's gonna leave opportunities to capitalize. Um, Pantoja just experienced veteran, he's gonna take advantage.
2: Yeah, I felt like you could tell right away. Um there was an exchange early and Roy Vell ended up getting an advantage somehow. I think he got a leg lock or something and it was like, ooh, he may uh he may be he may have something for him here and you could just tell Pantoja was not phased by it. Got out of every single uh disadvantaged position and reversed it or got out of it without really ever looking like he was it felt like he was in any danger so that was kind of my key early on that he definitely was not as so too worried about the uh the grappling exchanges and uh definitely uh had something for him there so uh but either way it was a good fight like I said non-stop action kind of a pure chaos situation and uh like I said looked like Brandon Moreno was ringside and made possibly the nicest most respectful call out I've ever seen in my life and um could be a good fight between those two for the title.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's about to. He's been he's been fighting for a while now, and uh, you know, he usually racks up the wins. He beats most guys. So,
2: yep. Um, Bia Malaki versus uh, Jos- C- uh, Josian and Nunez. So this was my big loss. This is my big betting loss of the <laughs> of the week. I bet on Bia Malaki. I thought she was. Gonna, I have this bad habit of when I see a a fighter that I that I think is pretty good against a fighter I've never heard of. Pretty much always assumed that they just paired him up with a bomb and they were going to let him win. That was not the case. This girl was throwing bombs like she was Amanda Nunez and not Josiah Nunez. And uh, she was way shorter, had a way, way smaller reach, but she was throwing absolute heaters and just ended up putting uh, Milwaukee away.
0: Yeah, she's she's a pit bull. Uh Kind of reminds me of Jessica Andrade, a less refined, um, without the grappling skill set, Jessica Andrade. I mean, that's what Andrade does. She just moves forward, head down, winging overhands, and uh, finds the chin. So, yeah, she put her down, felt like a giant. Um, It it really looked like David versus Goliath out there. And uh, and David won once again.
2: There you go. That's a good way to put it. And uh, William Knight versus uh, Fabio Turan uh, another, uh, talk about a giant, William Knight, a different type of giant. That guy is flat out built like a monster, like a fire hydrant. Um, cuts down to 205. Looks like an absolute tank. Um, does a backflip after he knocks him out. Uh, I, I mean, he's just he's just a powerhouse. I don't know what his skill set or what his ceiling is, but uh, he's definitely not a guy you want to let get a hold of you.
0: No, for sure. I mean, in the 205 division right now, I mean, ceiling is you know probably champion as far as that division's <laughs> concerned currently, especially without John Jones. So, um, I mean, if, if there's ever a division for him to make a run, and normally in a normal, t- I wouldn't say he'd have any chance. But the way it the way it is right now with young uh, Blackwood's fighting Glover Teixeira for the uh, for the title at 205, he he definitely ceiling. I guess would probably be probably be uh, champion of the division. So. Um, but yeah, I mean the big man backflip—we got to see that more often. That's a that's a winner in my book. So,
2: yeah, I was not expecting that, but it was a solid knockout, solid finish. Um, so that's all we got for our recap. But I want to give a shout out to what's his name who knocked out Roosevelt Roberts with that spin kick. Um, Roosevelt Roberts is on automatic fade duty for like the last four three fights, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, people were really high on him when he first came into the UFC, and I think. I might have called one right against him, and then he's been on a slide since then. W- wasn't there a fight kind of recently? He was like a huge favorite. Um, uh, oh, he was Jim sh- Miller. Jim yeah, Miller. Jim, you, Jim yeah, yeah, you hit, the, you hit that him. Jim
2: Miller one, and then he lost to Kevin, hard hitting hillbilly Kroom, and then he lost again last last on this card. So he's on a three fight skid, I believe.
0: Yeah, no, Kevin Kroom got turned into a no contest because Kroom was smoking the weed, I guess. Oh, jeez, uh, that's weird. I thought in. In Nevada now Oh, he must have been high like during the fight.
2: <laughs> he's not the hard hitting hillbilly for nothing. He's also hit hard hitting the blunts before fights. Right. <laughs> but back to Roosevelt Roberts. Yeah, he uh I don't know if he was winning or losing that fight, I'm pretty sure he was losing it, but that was one of the best spin kicks I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, that's like knock out of the year contender right there.
2: Yeah, it's gotta be. So he's back on automatic fade if you see him again, assuming his career in the UFC isn't over. But anyways, like we said, this was a pretty small-time card as far as things are concerned. Pretty much everything at the Apex has been lately. But like I said, a couple good finishes, a couple good fights. Kind of the hope for this card coming up this week, it'll be something similar with a lot less star power and hopefully some good fights. But even the matchups don't look so great. But we'll get to that when we get to it. First, we're going to... Hit hey, our segments one, here. What's up? One
0: quick thing here before I move on to the segments. Um, we had an unknown, pretty good nickname matchup this week. Alexander Pantoja versus Brandon Royval. We had the Cannibal versus the Raw Dogger. So, oh, that's um, pretty you know, nice. Our boy Air Jordan hasn't been fighting very often, so uh, we might have to get an interim belt here going soon.
2: Yeah, that would have been a good one. I I didn't even know that was his nickname, the Cannibal, until the fight. Um, I'm surprised they let R- Roy Vell be the Raw Dog, but it's—I mean—it's kind of gone smoothly ever since. The first time I heard it, I was like, "Okay, there, there's no way they're gonna let this go on." I mean, they made Mike, Mike White Mike Tyson change his name.
0: Yeah, may, maybe they don't know what Raw Dog means. Maybe they just think like Raw, like Badass Dog or something. You know, maybe that—that's what they're thinking. And they—you yeah. know, these old guys—they might not know what the Raw Dog is.
2: Maybe, or maybe they made Mike White Mike Tyson change his name because he didn't deserve it.
0: Yeah, I guess if it's not like somewhat racial, then um, go for it. I guess.
2: Yeah. So who knows? But it's raw dogs here to stay, and uh, the cannibal might be getting the next shot for uh, the title. But we'll move on to our segments then. Um, it is my turn to go first this week, so I'll do my Disney awesome and my call out real quick here. Um, Get it? Yeah, I'm actually gonna start with my call out because. I'm calling out Khabib again two weeks in a row. You obviously know why. you are. We already, This already popped up in the group chat, but it seems like Khabib's just getting around the microphone a little too much lately, maybe talking a little too much, making some waves. Now he's trying to get Ring Girls banned, which I don't think is a big deal, but my call, it's kind of on behalf of our uh, somewhat rival John Anik. I think that it would absolutely crush him if he lost his Ring Girls, and I don't want to see that happen to anybody. So... I don't care, really, that they made Khabib uncomfortable. I think that's kind of weird for a 30-year-old man to get uncomfortable around a scantily-dressed lady, especially something so common as, like, a ring girl. But, And I don't think they're hurting anybody. They get jobs, whatever. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are on this. I know you're probably a Khabib hater somewhere in the top, top 10% of all Khabib haters. Kind of a weird thing to, like, uh, try to take out. I don't really understand why he... Uh, why it really bothers him that much, but again, I think John Anik would be the most upset if the if he lost his uh, his ring girls he gets to oogle at every single week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm tired of hearing from Khabib. I feel like I hear from this guy now more often than than when he was fighting. And, Way more. Uh, yeah, and it's just ridiculous. Uh, just ridiculous requests. Things that he's saying like, let's get rid of ring card girls. They make you know. They make him uncomfortable because he's Muslim or whatever. I mean, more power to you, your religions, whatever. I'm not going to hate on that whatsoever. Like, I mean, if you're, but it's not like, you know, everybody's watching the UFC, and everybody likes ring card girls. So, you know, uh, we're, we're going to keep them. And uh, you retired, so you don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, you know, don't sit so close to the octagon front row when, uh, when they bring you to the fights. And, you know, you won't get a good look at them. Go sit where I sit, and you won't even be able to see the ring card girls. And problem solved uh Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I think you should just keep these comments to himself from, from now on, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, no ring card girls in the UFC and no weed at Mike Tyson's podcast is just two impossible asks.
0: Yeah, yeah, what is he thinking? Like, you know, do your own podcast. Start your own fight league if you don't want, uh, ring card girls or you don't he want smoke weed a, at your podcast. Um, he,
2: he has a fight league, though. He bought one.
0: Oh, well, yeah, perfect. <laughs> Go fight there. Go watch those fights. I mean, go yeah, go to KSW or whatever they have over there, in Russia if you want, you know, no ring card girls or whatever.
2: Yeah, he bought one, and he I think it's Eagle, I think it's Eagle Fighting Championships or something. So we can rest assured there will be no uh, half-dressed women there. So I guess he will uh, he will fix that. So anyhow, had to call Khabib two weeks in a row. Nothing wrong with that, but seems like he's been uh He's been on some sort of media tour where people are just getting sound bites out of him that we used to never get. So um, I guess maybe we'll hear more. It seems like it seems that way. But I'll move on to my Isn't He Awesome doing things backwards this week. Um, this is also kind of like a complex.
0: Oh, one one second though, before you start. What do you think Khabib's take is on the women's division in the UFC? you think uh, he's for it or against it? No.
2: Him? No, he doesn't want it. Do you remember what Islam Makachev tweeted after uh, – after uh, Yoani and Jacek, Whaley Li Zhang, literally <laughs> like the best women's fight ever. He tweeted, "This is not a women's sport."
0: <laughs> Jesus, yeah, come on now, come on. I mean, I bet there's no women's league in uh, the Eagle Fight Championship.
2: No, and here's a th- something that I have pointed out before that people think I'm weird for noticing this, but Khabib follows zero girls on Instagram. Like, not training, not people that he's trained with, not felt, not like coworkers in the UFC not Megan O'Levy, whose interview is him. None of these people. He doesn't follow anybody. There's some sort of disconnect, perhaps a cultural thing, but it seems kind of odd to me. But again, like it's like who like maybe people were hesitant towards women, the women's divisions in 2012 or 2013. Clearly they're skilled. Their fights are exciting. That's fun to watch. It's some a good girl a good women's fight is as good as a good guy's fight usually there's you there's plenty of talent in the division, so I don't know so as far as that little that kind of a thing yeah it,
0: maybe maybe he's gay <laughs> you know not that, there's nothing wrong with that i mean you know more power to him, but you know usually when you go that far to like not even following a single uh
2: woman on on social media like that's and a you hate the extreme. ring girls and you hate the ring girls see. If if it's against kind of your thing, like if it was up to me, I wouldn't have them. But since they're there, might as it's, I don't have a problem with them. But to be actively against them, I don't know. Maybe we should ask him if he would prefer uh, ring men, ring gentlemen.
0: Yeah, it's almost getting into like the homosexual preacher type territory here.
2: <laughs> no, there's a take of the week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna have to we're gonna work have to workshop that one a little bit. But I'll move on to my isn't he awesome. Or, yeah, my Isn't he Awesome, but it's also kind of a call. This is this is a real cluster. If you thought that that was kind of, like, convoluted, I have an Isn't he Awesome for Ali Abdelaziz and Ariel Hawani at the same time. Two guys I do not like, either one of them particularly. Okay, so here's my, here's my Isn't He Awesome for Ali. He tried to get Ariel fired from ESPN numerous times. Just has an absolute grudge against him, will not let it go. Tried to ruin his whole life. I think that's kind of funny. Whatever. Well, Ariel, Ariel, on the other hand, to ruin his life. I don't know what the beef is. Do you know what that? Why they hate each other?
0: I'm pretty sure Ariel was big on that story about him being uh, a oh, terrorist in
2: Denver, and broke that. I could see that. But see, here's my here's my shout out for Ariel. Is that he's got this new show, well his old show? He's got it back and i think he's airing things out in kind of a fun way like i again he's a he's a knucklehead he's a he's kind of like a drama queen he's kind of like a Perez Hilton of MMA but he is telling a lot more in-depth stories he is sh- like a lot more we're getting a lot more details about what's going on and he has all the drama he still has like he has the game by the balls because look at his lineup every day of five guests always top top of the line whoever he wants to talk to he talks to so but anyhow, so he's trying to crush the beef with uh, with Ali. Ali's still trying to ruin his life. I think that's hilarious. I didn't, I don't know why he, Ali hates him so much, but he's banned all his fighters except Kayla Harrison from going on his show. I think maybe he's talked to Khabib once. But anyhow, uh, apparently, though he basically has gone behind Ariel's back. He's he's acted like he was going to squash the beef before, and then use that to go behind his back and try to get him fired. Numerous times from ESPN. So, shout out to Ali for just being a, very diabolical with his uh, with his grudge holding, and being very creative with his grudge, trying to uh, to uh, get his grudge through and uh, destroy Ariel's life.
0: Yeah, for real. I mean, Ali. You know, he went from you know confidential informant for the FBI to n- number one MMA manager. So. You know yeah. that's quite quite the tale. He's uh, he's worked his way in there. I'm not sure if that, if that has anything to do with it. I mean, I think there's beef in between, like. Uh, I bet Connor. Hawaii I bet. And,
2: I bet Ariel constantly on his knees for Connor during those all those years probably didn't help.
0: Is it like an uh, Israeli versus Palestinian Palestinian thing? You
2: think? <laughs> now that you mention it, there could be some. There could be some. Uh, that could play a role, but my, I would think that the biggest factor when you when you mentioned the the whole uh, the whole backstory that I bet it was because Ariel was so balls deep with Connor that he, uh, Ali probably feels slighted and uh, probably feels like if you're Team Connor then you're definitely anti Team Ali, Khabib, all those guys. So that probably put some tension on him.
0: Yeah, who knows. You got to get to the bottom of it. Maybe another JLT investigation.
2: Yeah. That one seems like it's, like, perfect to find out all the details. Maybe we'll get to the bottom of it eventually.
0: Yeah, but, trying to read some forums here, but they don't got much good stuff.
2: Either way, though, the beef is the beef is still ongoing. Ariel, uh, Ariel said that if he wanted to squash it, he would, but it doesn't sound like that's an option. So, to be continued. No. Also, Dana also tried to ruin his life at ESPN. So who wasn't trying to destroy his life at ESPN?
0: Right. I guess it's just a matter of time. I'm surprised they only cut his pay 5%. And, you know, I mean, sounds like almost everyone involved with the UFC didn't want him there. So Sounds like
2: Ariel's problematic.
0: I mean, whether there's smoke, there's fire, right?
2: A lot of smoke.
0: A lot of smoke.
2: All right. That's all I got this week. What do you got this week for uh, shout-out and call-out?
0: All right. Shout out. We got uh, the goat, Artem Lobov, is back. The goats can't stay retired for long. <laughs> well, I mean, sort of. He will participate in a wheelchair boxing match for charity against Pal- Patty Ahulahan. So he's bringing it back. He's getting his feet wet, or, I mean, maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see him back. Well, I'm going to be tuning in. You know, you can never get yourself enough Artem Lobov. So, um, I mean, I just don't think his arms can extend past the wheelchair. <laughs> Which is going to be the main problem. I don't think it'll be possible for him to actually land a significant strike on Patty just because um, he's at a huge disadvantage in reach. Um, and then you add to that the wheelchair that he's got a distance that he has to cover. I think he's screwed.
2: After that touching tribute I gave to him a month ago, I believe it was when I was on my deathbed with COVID and I was doing a whole eulogy for uh, Artem's career, and now he's back already. He didn't even stay retired a month.
0: Yeah, it was like, you know, I think you were in one of those things where, you know, you see all the best parts of your life flash before your eyes right before you pass from COVID, and I think, uh, I think you just saw just Artem Lobov's highlights flash before your eyes.
2: MMA is a big part of my life, and the GOAT is a big part of MMA, so that would have been terrible. So basically you're, what you're saying here is he's going to be 13 and 16 after this bout. He's going to take another loss. Oh, 100%. Or is he gonna take another lesson? Thirteen, thirteen wins, sixteen lessons, zero losses. The goat.
0: <laughs> there we go. But um, yeah, he's gonna need some lessons for this for this match. I think he's gonna. Maybe he can get that surgery where you like put stents in your arms, make them longer or whatever. You <laughs> can, you know, it's supposed to be for your height. But if they do it in your arms instead of your legs, you can just get longer arms. I think.
2: Maybe you can get a titanium, a couple titanium rods like Connor got. Connor's talking like these titanium rods going to. Uh, enhance his performance when he comes back and not inhibit him at all like everybody i know that's got a titanium rod in their leg and is never the same again he's talking like it's going to be an advantage
0: yeah i mean when you're coked up and you learn that you got a titanium rod in your leg then uh i mean you obviously think that you're some of superhero awesome. at the time but i think once you get into the gym and got to actually try and work with it then uh it, it's not so you know superhero anymore it's more like you're just you know part cripple <laughs>
2: Yeah, and that's where the and that's how we end up in wheelchair boxing.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. But um, call out this week, UFC. I don't know. They they've been making some cuts, and they caught they cut uh Jimmy Rivera, which I think is kind Whoa. of uh kind of insane. I mean, he is a legit fighter. He's lost a decent amount. He's only on a one fight losing streak. I think he's lost like four out of his last six. But um. I mean, he's only lost to the elite of the elite, pretty much in the division. Let's see, uh, we got Jimmy Rivera here. Um, I don't like that cut at all. No, it seems awful. I mean, he just lost to Pedro Munoz. Before that, he beat Cody Stamen, who's legit. And then he, before that, he had lost to Peter Jan and Aljamain Sterling. Beat John Donson. Lost to Marlon Moraes when Marlon Moraes was. That know, was like an his first killer. loss. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was his first loss besides his first fight or his second fight ever. He lost his second fight ever. Then he was on a huge winning streak up until Marlon Moraes. Then he beat John Dodson, lost to Aljamain, lost to Peter Yan, beat Cody Stamen, and lost to Pedro Munoz. I mean, those guys he loses to are legit top of the division. Um, besides the Pedro Munoz, when he's not like, but that was like a that was a scrap. Remember that? That one fight of the night. So that was that was um, a really
2: good fight. Oh, he had, he he hurt. No, he was beating Peter Yan, but Peter Yan dropped him at the end of two rounds in a row. Peter yeah. Jan basically stole the fight from him by dropping him.
0: Yeah, so that's I how mean, close
2: those fights were.
0: It, yeah, he just they just cut him.
2: That's insane to me. I love watching him fight because he's short, but he closes distance. It's not like he's never too far away. He's, like he's a scrappy dude. I can't. I did not know that. I can't believe they cut him. That that's one of the most disappointing cuts I've seen in a, or heard of in a long time. To be honest, I haven't been yeah, hurt I mean, by a cut since Spike Carlisle.
0: Yeah, it seems kind of ridiculous. It's not like he's on a big losing streak. I guess he's lost four out of his last six, but all the killers. I, I mean, I, don't, I wonder if it has something to do with maybe Jimmy Rivera kind of wanting out and them kind of giving you know throwing him a favor. I don't know, but uh, it just seems kind of like a weird you know uh, cut. But I mean, just I think it was last week or two weeks ago, I was saying the UFC usually knows what they're doing when they do, when they do this kind of stuff. So they got a tracker to be in pretty spot on of when to cut guys. But this one seems a little bit early to me.
2: Yeah, that was last week, and I I still agree with that. And I'm looking now; they cut also cut Damian Maya. That's fine. I don't have any problem with that. But yeah, Jimmy Rivera, that
0: yeah, I didn't Yancy know Medeiros that. Too.
2: Oh yeah, I saw they cut Yancy Medeiros. Again, like I I mean, it sucks. But that's not really. I don't see that as like a huge loss. Fun, I mean, he's a fun fighter to watch. But Jimmy Rivera was in the mix.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe he was on kind of a big contract. Maybe it's a maybe it's a money dump. I don't I don't know. He was I think he was a two two division champion in uh in WF or was it? No, that wasn't World. That wasn't him in World Series of Fighting. That was Mar- Marlon Moraes, I think actually. But um he was on a huge winning streak coming out of uh I think Bellator before he came to the UFC. Or he fought all over, fought Bellator WSO WSOF and a few other organizations, so maybe he had a decent sized contract they're trying to cut i mean that's the only thing I can think of um, uh, it seems a little crazy to me
2: yeah disappointing it's disappointing he's a he's a fun fighter to watch
0: yeah, definitely
2: all right oh, then. it looks
0: like I guess it looks like he finished out his contract and then they removed him from the roster, so I guess they're it could maybe it's a UFC thing maybe it's one of their Maybe it's a money dispute and they're just like cutting him kind of for the upper hand or who knows we'll see.
2: Yeah, like I said, disappointing. I hope whatever it is they work it out cuz he's he's kind of like a he's kind of like one of those one of those guys. I I'm always happy to see his fights so or happy to see him on a card so hope they figure that out but I guess we'll see.
0: Hey, hey did you watch the uh the Taliban dancing to Drake video I saw in the uh in the group chat earlier
2: no i did not watch that yet i was
0: <laughs> dude i love that video if you guys haven't seen it check it out it, dude cracks me up i was gonna to ask
2: last week if it was too early to call out the taliban or if we're not that kind of podcast
0: i mean i don't know sounds like you're
2: I, shouting them out almost and that'll really get us in trouble
0: <laughs> i'm not shouting them out but it's a good video regardless i mean it's it's kind of ridiculous they're they're dancing to what is it in my feelings i think and they're going they're going crazy there's dude like thrust like squats and he's thrusting back and forth with an ak uh, it's it's hilarious they're all dancing around with guns but it, i'm going to kind of spoil it for you guys when you watch it but i guess they're not actually dancing to drake but they're doing moves that definitely look like they could be dancing to drake and uh, i guess it's just dubbed over but
2: oh that's too bad they um, mix,
0: they missed a uh, a huge opportunity though you know they put it in. They would made them dance to in my feelings, but I just think God's plan would have been so much better.
2: Quite, it would have been much more fitting. I would. I was gonna say it's, if the video was real, I would say, kind of going against their own thing, like embracing Western culture. But I guess it's not a, not the real scenario, unfortunately. Maybe they'll get there. I saw them uh, pump and iron in the in like the, uh, Kabul capital weight room.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I guess they, they got big things going on over there,
2: apparently. Yeah, from what I'm hearing, seems that way. Uh, all right, then. Anything else this week?
0: Uh, I don't think so. Oh, Chris, quick, quick one. Chris Mattino scheduled to face Aaron Phillips in his second UFC fight. So they got the man another fight. Uh, I think it's a little bit easier competition. I don't know much about Aaron Phillips, but uh, you know, hopefully he can get a win on his record. He deserves it.
2: He certainly doesn't deserve a knockout loss. Let's no. get him one back. Um, uh, one last thing for me, uh, Gaethje versus Chandler is confirmed as of today. That's going to be a sick fight.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: All right, then we can move on then to our preview. But Here we got. Who do you,
0: who do you what's like up? on that one, though? Justin Gaethje, right?
2: I don't know. I feel I my faith in Gaethje got rattled a little bit after the Khabib fight. I never thought he'd tap, but that's a, that's a different ball game. He's a white belt. He's a total white belt on the ground. I don't think he actually has wrestling skills anymore. I think he let them all atrophy away by never wrestling anybody, probably never training wrestling. I think with the right game plan, I think Chandler's probably far more well-rounded than Gaethje. Don't you think so? I'm not saying I think he's going to win. I think Gaethje is Gaethje's power plus Chandler's uh, inability to recover when he gets hit really hard is a terrible combination, but I think Chandler's a f- far more well-rounded fighter.
0: Yeah, I just I can't see Chandler in f- over five rounds. I can't see Chandler not getting sparked at some point by Gaige Gaethje, power. And I mean, for you know, for Chandler to win this fight, he's going to have to fight a really smart game plan. He's going to have to go. You know, basically try to take, get the takedowns when they present themselves and hold Gaige down and, and maybe get a quick submission or something. But if that doesn't happen, I mean, I just I can't see Chandler lasting the entire fight without getting knocked out. Especially with his forward style, he's going to have to you know kind of change up his stop like fighting style from what we've seen in his last few fights in the UFC at least. He's going to have to take a step back, not push the not push the pace so much, not just be all in his face immediately. You know, coming out across the octagon. So um, I don't know. I he, he could win, but I I don't know. I just think the way he's looked lately, Justin Gaethje is going to knock him out.
2: Yeah, uh, Chandler's almost his own worst enemy. The way he comes forward, exposes his own chin to throw his own, and he has to because he's shorter, and he's trying to close distance. But you, yeah, a guy a, a guy like uh, Gaethje, that's 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 what he's that's what he's looking for. He's looking for your head on a tee, and he's and he's not going to miss.
0: Yeah, and he's like, I mean. You can do it if you're smart about it and get in and get out, uh, but it just seems like Chandler, he's just getting in whenever, you know, he doesn't pick his spots, really. He just uh, <laughs> decides he's about to go and he goes.
2: Yeah, and let's just say this. Maybe maybe around the time that uh, Alvarez, Eddie Alvarez, beat Gaethje, that would have been a more favorable matchup for Chandler style when, when Gaethje was just basically taking all the punishment and not moving at all or anything, just hoping to take one and give one. But it seems like he's evolved a decent amount as a striker, too, to where he's he's a, he's levels ahead of where he was at that time. So, yeah, I think it's an insanely dangerous fight. Somebody is going to sleep or getting knocked out for sure.
0: Yeah, we're getting submitted since we've seen Gaethje absolutely can't do anything on the ground. So That would we'll be see. my game
2: plan. That would be my game plan if I'm Michael Chandler and I'm – I know he can wrestle, and I know he has good jiu-jitsu, and we know Gaethje got fully... Exp- I think that people weren't, go- people weren't going to the ground with Gaethje because they're like, oh, he's an All-American wrestler. He'll be able to hold his own down there. Maybe you don't even want to be down there with him. And we found out from Khabib that that's absolutely not the case and that Gaethje is a full-blown white belt on the ground.
0: Yeah, I guess we'll see. It should be a good one.
2: Yeah, either way, I mean, definitely fight of the night potential. Definitely something... Something explosive will happen there, so uh, pretty exciting news. Though it's just one of those things. It's a division you just want it to keep moving, keep firing. Um, I I heard Poirier. And I remember my take of the week last week is that I think I think Dustin's probably angling more for a fight with Nate Diaz than a fight with Charles Oliveira. I've now heard Chandler say that he thinks that too, and I've heard uh, Poirier say in an interview with Laura Sanko today that uh, he would love to fight Nate, and that's a fight that needs to happen, and that's one he's been working on. So. Who knows if that if the belt they fight for the belt this year even so good to see the lightweight division kind of uh, trucking forward either way so it'll be a good one though but anyhow move on to our uh, our preview here we got what's the official name here we got is this a let me pull her up real quick we got UFC on ESPN Barboza versus Chakoti so we got a uh, May, uh, main event here: Edson Barboza, Giga Chikotse. Edson Barboza minus 120, Chikoti plus 100. Fairly close odds here. I think at one point it was even a little closer than that. Um, Five-round main event here. I'm I'm ta- I'm taking Edson Barboza on it with experience and power and how good he's looked in his last ever since he came down to uh, this weight class. And I'm just basically blindly betting against Giga Chikotsi because I haven't seen him fight anybody. Um, I don't remember who Giga Chikotse's last fight was, but it wasn't against a guy like, you know, on Shane Burgos' level or anything like that. So I'm going with uh, Edson. I've always been an Edson Barboza fan. Uh, We kind of talked about some of his shortcomings earlier today. Just kind of he has a habit where sometimes he looks like he's horribly gassed out. Sometimes he looks like he's completely faded. Um but i i'm riding with him this fight what about you
0: yeah i mean i'm going Edson barbosa as well um yeah giga i mean he's got two quick knockouts in his last two fights um both performance of the nights i cub swanson but cub swanson's you know way past his prime i mean that's that's not i don't I think, think he that's landed anything landed a body
2: kick on him or something
0: yeah he landed the giga kick that whatever he calls it um that where he kicks you with his toe basically right into the liver yeah. um which is pretty, pretty crazy Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I just think Giga, we just don't know right now. It's a five round fight. Um, I don't think he's going to get Edson out of there quick, you know, and, uh, Edson, he just looked really good at 145. His hands look quick as can be. He throws good combinations. He has the kicks as well. Um, you know, I think it could end up being kind of a boring five round decision. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't know. I guess it could be, I guess maybe then you go, who's the underdog on this one?
2: Uh, the underdog is Giga Chikazzi. Giga, plus maybe one, go, I mean, maybe 100. Giga's
0: not, not that bad of a bet. I mean, this is what I kind of think it is. Basically, if Edson Barbosa uses his wrestling, he's going to win. Um, if he uses that to steal a round or two, I think that's going to win him the, win him the decision. If not, I mean, it's going to be kind of a technical kickboxing match and, uh, we'll see who, you know, who's better at it. I know Giga's pretty, you know, pretty decorated as far as kickboxing goes, but, uh. I mean, it is an MMA fight. I think Edson, if you know, hopefully he mixes in some takedowns. He's got decent wrestling. He can wrestle. He just doesn't do it very often. Um, I mean, Giga kind of struggled against Jamal Emers um, earlier on. Uh, who's a wrestler? He got some takedowns, and it was a, a split decision, I think. So, uh, you know, Edson, I think you know, you just got to go with the proven commodity here. Uh, pick Edson, and uh, and hope hope he holds.
2: That's where I'm at. I'm at exactly in that spot as well. Uh, Kevin Lee versus uh, D Rod, Daniel Rodriguez. We got for an, this was, a, I believe this was Kevin Lee stepped in fairly late with this. We got uh, Kevin Lee minus 150, Daniel Rodriguez plus 130. Been a while since we've seen uh, Kevin Lee, I believe. When was the, was the last fight we saw Kevin Lee when he got uh, submitted by Oliveira? Oliveira. Yep. That it's like was at the very
0: beginning of COVID, I think.
2: That was the first, yeah. Brazil, no fans, still had the event. That was a really weird one to watch, but yeah, that was early COVID. Um, so we haven't seen Kevin Lee in a while, and uh, we've seen D. Rod fairly frequently. Um, I don't really know how I would uh, how I would handicap this one. Kevin Lee obviously is more talented with more um, higher profile fights here. So I don't know. I don't I I don't know how I would how I would uh, you know kind of break this one down. What are your thoughts on it?
0: Yeah, I'm going Kevin Lee all day here. Uh, I just think, you know, he's going to be able to beat Daniel Rodriguez. Just think about this. Mike Perry took Daniel Rodriguez down in both of the first two rounds twice. He took him down in the first round and the second. Um, Meg Perry is not a big welterweight. Kevin Lee is not a big welterweight. But Kevin Lee is a lot better at wrestling than Mike Perry. So I think Kevin Lee is going to be able, if 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 he fights smart, He's going to be able to take him down and get, keep him there and, and beat up Daniel Rodriguez. If he, if he doesn't fight smart, which, you know, Kevin Lee's kind of a, a question mark at times. He, you know, looks unbelievable one fight and then kind of looks, you know, like trash the next. But uh, I think even with not a perfect performance, he can beat Daniel Rodriguez here. So, yeah, I think it's a decent line, minus 160-ish or something I think I saw on Kevin Lee. So, yeah, I'd be going minus 150. Yeah, I'd be going Kevin Lee all day on this one.
2: All right, I like that. Uh Gerald Mearshart versus uh Mahmoud Murderov. We got Mearshart plus 450, Murderov minus 600. They're basically just setting up Gerald Mearshart to get murdered by up and coming prospects, I guess. Is that the way is that what you take away from this fight here?
0: Yeah, I mean, they don't do this guy any favors, do they? <laughs> no. um, they put him up against, you know, the you know the next hardest guy every single time, um, and uh, you know he sometimes he pulls it through. So I mean, honestly, on this one, I'm thinking I'm either gonna pass on this one because I'm not betting. What was he again? Oh, minus Favorite. 600. I'm not betting minus 600 favorites. Like you know, I don't. That's even too much for me to really put on my parlays. Um, and also, he's not really that. You know, not a completely proven product we got here. We got Gerald Mirhardd who will take advantage if he gets the fight into his realm on the ground he he's deadly he can uh, you know almost smit anyone there. so I think you know it's not insane to think that Mirchart could pull this off and at, at a line like that, I'm just going to put a small flyer on him. I'm not going to bet Muradov. so let's throw a small flyer on Mirchart and uh, you know and hope he uh, pulls off a miracle again.
2: All right then, yeah. I think that's all you can do with a price tag like that. Um, Abdul Razak Al Hassan versus Alessi Di Chirico. Meer um, chart, chart wins by decision plus a thousand. Oh wow! There you go. <laughs> that's uh that's quite a flyer there. Um, Abdul Razak Al Hassan versus Alessi Di Chirico. We got um, Al Hassan plus two hundred, Di Chirico minus two forty. So Abdul Razak al Hassan, what was he, 12-0, 11-0 before he had an ex- extended time out of the octagon, a couple of years, came back, I believe he's 0-2, he got knocked out cold by Chaos Williams, and had a decision loss to Monero Laziz, so I believe that's what the fall in his stock has been. Alessi Chirico, though, we saw him fight, we saw him lose to Zach Cummings, right? Was that the last time we saw him fight?
0: Uh, he beat uh, Joaquin Buckley uh, with that, oh the head uh, kick, knockout head kick, yeah.
2: Okay, so I don't, I don't necessarily believe in Alessio Di I also don't trust Abdul Razak Al Hassan. So this might be a situation where I'd probably go underdog. Not saying I'm, I got a big feel or I would take a big bet on this, but maybe you have more to add to this. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think you just have to go. I think with uh, Alessio Di here. Um, it's just, uh, Al Hassan's like, can't bet territory. He just, he gasses. True. Um, I don't, you know, it doesn't seem like he's been doing much to, to work on his cardio by any means, at least that I've seen in his recent fights. So, um, you know, unless he gets a quick knockout, which I guess could happen. Um, Trico here, he's been knocked out, you know, versus chaos Williams, but chaos Williams can hit really hard. And, uh, or no, that was Al Hassan. Let me see here. I'm yeah, Al Hassan got
2: flatlined by Chaos Williams.
0: Yeah, Chirico, he's. You know, he only really loses decisions. He does not been. He's never been knocked out. So, um, you know, his chin holds up. So I think, you know, over three rounds, I think you got to go do Chirico here.
2: All right. Yeah, it was more so just the minus 220 plus. Or minus. Yeah, minus 240 price tag I wasn't a big fan of. But um, minus so. two
0: forty is not that bad against a guy who can only fight for a round and a half, you know, or maybe yeah. even a round.
2: It's about a round. I'm pretty sure he's about a he's about a three burst guy. Basically, he's got a he's got a couple. He comes. He starts hot. He fades a little bit. He comes on hot again. Then he by the end of the first round, he's pretty much done. So, yeah, and you don't really want to bet on those guys, those hail mary punchers. So, I see where you're coming from there.
0: Yeah, a hail mary puncher who's kind of proven that he. He never, you know, he never completes the Hail Mary at this point since his return to the since UFC. His, yeah. I mean, 0-3, oh you know, pretty much, so.
2: Yeah. No, you're right there. <clears throat> um, And then we got Sam Alvey versus wellington Terman. We have Sam Alvey at plus 110, Wellington-Turman Terman 130. I, this has happened to me more than once in my life and more than once in my career. I thought we just watched Sam Alvey fight last week. It was Ed Herman. Two gingers that look similar. Get them all mixed up. It turns out we haven't seen Sam Alvey since we got saw him get knocked out by uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. What's his name? Um,
0: Julian Marquez.
2: There you go. That was the last time we saw Sam Alvey. Um, we saw Wellington Terman beat Monir Laziz with uh, some sick body kicks. Uh but before that, I don't think we saw him for a long time, so I don't know. I don't have a read on this one, um, but um, I don't really like betting on Sam Alvey. He's been solid, but he's, there's obviously nothing, uh, nothing that really sticks out to me other than he's been around a long time, been in a lot of fights. Um, solid, kind of a creepy smile that he does before his fight. But other than that, I don't have anything. What do you got on this uh, even odds fight here?
0: Yeah, I'm going Wellington Terman here. Um, I don't know. It's it, it's really a toss up. I can see Sam Elvey winning. He's just so plotting and I don't know. I just think Wellington Terman is gonna be able to uh you know, kinda figure him out, kind of uh, you know, just get the win versus Sam Elvey. I mean Selvin- Sam Elvey's gonna keep coming. He's got potential to win. He could knock out Wellington Terman, uh, but you know, I, I just think I like Terman in this one. I'm not not super uh confident or, you know, strong on this one, but uh, you know, I'm gonna pick Terman on it.
2: So not a fight you love, basically.
0: No, definitely don't
2: love it. Anytime Sam Alvey's in there, I assume he's in there to lose. I don't. He's not a bad fighter or anything. I just don't think nobody's trying to build around him. Nobody's trying to prop him up. Nobody's trying to make him look great. He's basically in there to test guys.
0: Right. Yeah, it seems like that. And, uh, I mean, Terman, he's a guy who's been tested quite a bit. I mean, uh, I don't know. This one's just kind of... It should be a decent fight. They should, I think they're going to go at it. it. It could go either way, but I'm just leaning towards Terman on this one.
2: Uh, Terman looked really good in his last fight against Monero Aziz. Yeah, he did. That's why I was leaning more in that direction, basically. But I didn't want to undersell Sam Alvey and just underestimate him entirely because just because I don't necessarily like his fighting style. But So it was tough for me to pick one here, but either way... That is uh pretty much any other fighters on here, fights you wanted to point out. I, I, like I said, this was a card where I didn't realize this was the tough finale. So I was looking down the card, and I was like, I didn't know any of these people. I see Darren Stewart and Dustin Jacoby. I'm like, ooh, finally some some high-profile UFC guys, some high-profile guys on the card. It's like there was nobody. So we basically hit everybody I that I even knew of So on this uh, preview.
0: Yeah, speaking of the ultimate fighter, I really should start watching it again. Cause I did. I've only ever watched like one season, and it was the uh, the uh, season with the girls. It was the girls and the guys. There was girls and guys. That was the um,
2: Alvarez Gechi season.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it might have been. It was uh, like um, Sajara Eubanks was on the girls' side, and then there was Nico like, Montagna uh, won it, didn't she? Ne- yeah, Nico Montagna won it. Um, our girl Roxanne Montefari was on it. And then yeah. there were some guys on there. I think, um, what's his name? Uh, hillbilly dude. Um, Dar- Kevin Kevin Kroom? No, not Kevin Croom. The other one, um, Twisters. Um,
2: oh, Bryce Mitchell.
0: Bryce Mitchell. He was on that season. Uh, There's a few guys on it, I think. And uh, yeah, I I feel like I've had kind of a, a good line on their fights ever since I watched it. You you know you know a little bit about some guys that yeah not you're many in the minor leagues about, so.
2: You're in the you're you're down in Double A scouting the uh, scouting prospects.
0: Yeah, exactly. But hey, one real quick before we uh, cut out here. So just a few facts about uh, Mahmoud Muradov fighting on uh, fighting on Saturday. First fact, he is the world's first mixed martial artist to be signed by Floyd Mayweather's the Money Team, and secondly. During his early time in Prague, Murdoch appeared in autoerotic porn productions and softcore porn photo shoots under the stage name Ahmed Vert for William Hagan's Gay Pornographic Production Company.
2: What? Strange. Oh my goodness. Where did you get these facts from? Wikipedia. All right, then they're definitely true. Um, that's pretty interesting, and I'm surprised no one's brought that up yet, that he perhaps uh-huh. had a... Maybe it's a stage name. He threw everybody off.
0: Ahmed Vert.
2: Maybe Khabib was in a similar industry.
0: Who knows? Very we don't possible. know.
2: Mohammed Murder Dog is a way cooler name, though.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it could be a decent porn <laughs> name as well. So.
2: Yeah. Well, if the fighting doesn't work out, it sounds like he's got a backup plan.
0: Yeah. Right. But what's his what's his nickname? Does he have a good porn nickname? Let's. Put him up here real fast.
2: I don't know. Murder Dog's pretty sick. Is that his nickname, Murder Dog? No, I made that up because that's how I pronounced it when I was going over his name.
0: Mock. Weak.
2: Dang. Mach. You, get, you Mach think Mach a guy Mach. coming from that industry would be better at coming up with nicknames?
0: Right. Macmud Macmud Mock Murdov. That that just doesn't make any sense. Like what about the Hammer or um? I don't know. I'm sure we could we could brainstorm a few here if we had a few more minutes.
2: Yeah. We'll uh we'll work on that this weekend cuz we'll, we'll be talking about them I'm sure in our recap so we'll have Mac to Macmud.
0: Uh, I got one. Macmud. Magnum Murdoch.
2: That's pretty good. Macmud Mac Macmud Mac, Mac Mudslinger Murdoch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That could go on. That could go on for hours but uh we will wrap things up then. Um, uh, yeah, good luck on your picks. We will uh, we'll be back next week to recap. Do we have a card to preview next week? I don't even know. I don't. I don't remember. I guess we'll find out next week. Um, other than that, good luck on your picks. Enjoy the violence, and we will see you all next week. Peace. <laughs>